Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Weekly Roundup podcast with me, Peter Watson, for the week commencing Monday the 22nd of November. I'm joined in this episode by my ex-colleague, friend and former research analyst, Ralph Hebgen. Hi there, Ralphie. How are you doing today? Hey, Peter. I'm all right. I think I might have to say to you that I'm feeling a little bit weird today. Uh, Weirder than usual. Yeah, uh, hard though it may be to yeah. feel that way. I had yeah. my I had my COVID booster yesterday. Uh, How is that possible, Ralph? I mean, you're you're thirty you're thirty five. Yes, I'm cheating. <laughs> oh my God, did I say that <laughs> out loud? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you're very kind, but I'm not. Uh, clear. I'm not nearly <laughs> as. As young and immature as I sound, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, you sound like a 25-year-old. Uh, so, so anyway, um, so so anyway, um, w- without further ado, let's 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 dive into the week. Um, yes, sir. So, so yeah. So basically, um, just wanted to cover a few things. That obviously, in this, uh, cover off a few things in this uh, this podcast today, um, and get obviously Ralph, the uh, brain size of a planet, uh, Hevgen, uh, the uh, you know, get his insight into this. Oh, um, that, by the way, that is a direct quote. Um, I, I won't say who it was, but someone, one of your ex colleagues, um, said that about you. I yeah, he's yeah, since, just, yeah, he's yeah. since he's since been sacked. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, right. So, uh, so t- starting off with with ma- macro uh, macro stuff. So um, you you know we started off the week um, you know pretty tricky circumstances. There were lots of uh, anti lockdown protests in Rotterdam, Brussels, Vienna, big um, basically because uh, people were protesting against increased um, restrictions. There could be. Obviously, uh, there's, there's rumours of a fourth wave. Um, we've just had the, the um, you know, there's been a lot of news today um, about that as well. We'll talk about that a bit later. But um, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, things aren't looking great. Um, that spooked the markets. Euro fell to a 16-month low. Um, you've also got the Bundesbank warning that inflation could go higher in Germany as well. And um, that is uh, particularly problematic um, for the Eurozone as well, because Germany makes up about 30% of the, of, of the EU's GDP. So uh, actually sticking with Germany, you've got, um, um, uh, you know, business confidence continues to be poor, as does consumer confidence, actually, which, again, we're going to talk about a bit later. But um, so, yeah, that can that continues to be poor. Um, And then uh, against that. you know, encouraging mm. backdrop. Uh, <laughs> you have Olaf Scholz um, saying, well, hey, everyone, we've got a three-way coalition. Woo. Um, Social Democrats, Greens and Liberals um, should be interesting uh, because they, they believe in lots of different things. But um, anyway, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see uh, mm-hmm. what happens there. Uh, any, any thoughts on that as, a, as an ex-German? <laughs> oh, well, you as, an, as another anecdote on this, you remind me of some of the meetings which I had. Um, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> where where people would address a massively complicated subject mm-hmm. and problem, which which had many facets to it, by, yes. by asking me something. So, Ralph, where are you on that particular stock then? <laughs> 
And I'm thinking, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> so, so you you mentioned like ten different things here, but I <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. I'm just trying to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I think you were. I mean, basically, um, finishing your observations with um, what is known with the new government mm. in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, known as the Ampel Call. Oh, sorry, I have no idea why I just said this with an English accent. Mm. The Ampel okay. Coalition, I can actually do that. Yes. Properly. And yeah. Ampel means traffic light, and that is, of course, how witty Germans tend to get. That's about <laughs> it. It refers to the, ver- <laughs> to the various colors. Yeah. Uh, the Social Democrats, which is our sort of labor, or the German, I should say, labor equivalent, uh, tends to have red colors, yeah. and the liberals are yellow and the greens are well, well I well they're blue aren't they let you <laughs> think about that yeah well you yeah, know, interesting I was, only, I was only a salesman right not not an analyst so uh, yeah know, I'd, uh, I'd have a problem with knowing what what color was appropriate for green yeah i see yeah i see so yeah uh, chromographic analysis is not yeah. strength. <laughs> yeah cool. so anyway the, the point here is i mean first of all obviously everybody knows that germany had a very um, a difficult election process and the election came in uh, as these things tend to actually do recently everywhere in the US and also of course in the UK with a very slim uh, majority for one particular uh, party of course in Germany it doesn't work like this you don't have an absolute majority which means that the parties had to go into a lengthy coalition finding process which in this case took about like six weeks or so I, I think mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. back and it, it was a very fair a very fine uh, finely balanced outcome anyway mm. uh, the other possibility would have been the Jamaica coalition which would have been pretty much the same with the conservative party of Merkel as the senior coalition partner as it has turned out it is the SPD the uh, social democrats mm. which are have emerged as the most senior coalition partner, probably not so much to the surprise of anybody. Mm. But we shouldn't make any mistake here. I mean, the Social Democrats are possibly in some ways quite close to the Greens. Mm -hmm. The FDP, which is the Liberals, have sort of been more leaning towards a um, essentially conservative uh, market forces party. Mm. And so I think that we are going to get something in the future, which is, well, as you say, going going to be quite interesting. I think I think most of the differences in policy we're going to see are probably going to reside on on the social side more mm. than perhaps on the economic side. We will have mm. to see. Mm. But uh, we already heard from the new coalition, uh, no doubt inspired by the voice of the Green Party, that um, the country is going to be even more inviting to migrants than Mm -hmm. it was in the past. Mm -hmm. And of course, that we have seen was part of the issue with the Merkel government when they also have been very, um, well, your blanket in, in, in have issued blanket invitation basically to Mm -hmm. migrants. Because that was one of the things, wasn't it, the last time around, um, I think it was rough. It was, wasn't it roughly around that time when there were, there were some real problems with with um, with migrants in Germany, and um, uh, Merkel was was really criticised for having too much of an open door. Yes. Uh, and then we had that whole thing because it was all sort of around 2016, wasn't it? Where we, I think we had a 
a Dutch election, a German election, and and it was looking like the the uh, the far right party, and of course France, of course. Um, yes. You know when the far right parties were looking like they were knocking on the doors of power. Um, well, yes, indeed. I mean, this is of course. Yeah, I, I think at the time we had some very unfortunate news flow coming from Germany where some uh, non-German citizens, I don't even know whether they were migrants or not, mm. uh, had had been involved in a in a in, in a mass crowding of mm. women mm. In, in Cologne, and yes, that was right, yeah. very very poorly timed. I mean, it was obviously mm. a terrible incident in itself, but also very poorly timed as it tended to lend fuel to the more sort of right-wing fire, which mm. you which you allege to. I mean, making this more relevant to the current time, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of thinking that this is all, it, it looks to be like an intricately fluted dynamic here. Uh, it's a polite word for saying it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. And what I, <laughs> I'm glad you translated that for me. So. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. What I mean by this is simply that when I look at these things and when other people look at these things, I have no doubt that it's very difficult to unravel the knot. I mean, what is driving? the the problems i mean obviously there's the migrant crisis but mm. then clearly we are in the unyielding uh, grip of the covid crisis which just mm. doesn't appear to be going away mm. and you men mentioned the new virus mm -hmm. by which i now mean the greek letter which has been assigned to it yeah it is also new but <laughs> it's it's the, uh, well, it's it's a virus coming out of south africa you, you and you and your greek jokes i mean uh, you know yeah but, so, okay. anyway now, the situation there reminds me very much of the time when the Delta variant coming out of India was mm. new. Mm. Because what we have is two aspects here. We have increased transmissibility and possibly uh, an evasion or an increased resilience to the vaccines. Mm. So we can talk about this a little bit later, but the point is, of course, that I think societies are now at sort of, I wouldn't say breaking point, perhaps it's more a, a fatigue which has mm. set in. You cannot possibly institute further restrictions and lockdowns on society, but it appears that lockdowns have to come again. Mm. And that is what you mentioned earlier, of course, in your in initial observations. We've seen the um, reaction to even a... Um, um, e e even even the well the possibility of additional restrictions coming yeah, through yeah, yeah. venting in relatively violent protests and that was before we had any inkling mm. of the new virus in in South Africa mm, so mm. if you take all this in the round you have um, strain constraints and strains on the economy from all sides yeah. and, and it appears to come in waves and the waves are currently still driven, I believe, by the coronavirus uh, crisis, by the rate at which new variants emerge. And I would say, stepping back from this, that that is where we would need to look. I mean, if you wanted to formulate a long-term uh, vision, projection of the economy, then I think we are not going to be going into a uh, environment which is sufficiently stable to support forecasts until we have managed the coro coronavirus issue.
Mm. That may not be a very insightful comment in the end, but I, I think that's the driver and the rest is uh, probably a consequence of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, obviously it's not going away. Um, this is is another curveball coming just ahead of Christmas and everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine you know, this, this is going to make things even more frenzied from a, uh, a consumer, retailer, logistics point of view as well. Because yes. maybe because this is what I remember, you know, this is what happened last year is that, I mean, sales were pretty brisk. And then suddenly there was the, the prospect of, you know, when Bojo said, well, actually, you know, it might, actually things we might have to get a bit serious here mm-hmm. uh and then very soon after that lockdown cancel christmas you know all that sort of stuff so yeah. um so i think yeah we, it's almost uh it, it's it's almost deja vu isn't it really um it so um so anyway let's let's hope it's not um uh but um but obviously this is going to make people even more nervous yeah absolutely uh, and i i just wonder I just wanted to make one other comment. I was reading that in the papers the other day. I don't know how far down the line virologists are in the development of a new vaccine, Mm -hmm. but it appears as if there is um, more than just uh, foundational research going on. What I mean by this is the research is quite underway already, practically, Mm -hmm. which is going to target the protein in the virus rather than the the receptors on the surface of the virus. Mm. And it is, of course, the the latter which are constantly mutating Mm. and which are enabling the virus to attach in different ways. Mm. And that is the issue. Mm. And then it will take, seeing this now, it's just very new, just came out 15 minutes ago. I think Pfizer said it would take a six weeks to adapt the vaccine and about a hundred days to roll it out. Gosh. And there again, you're looking at a six months before you even get to the start of a new vaccination program. Mm. So I do wonder whether the final act towards a situation where this virus is going to be manageable is not going to be technologically a new vaccine, a one which is targeting the protein, which I understand from the article is similar, if not identical, to all the viruses in the coronavirus family, mm. in- including mm. colds and flu, by the way. Mm. God, it's just, yeah, never ending, never ending. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, but still staying within macro, um, I think it was also worth saying because it wouldn't it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mention um, in, inflation. Um, so we've seen uh, this week we've seen New Zealand increasing their inflation rate uh, again. This is the second time in two months they've done it. Um, it's now 0.75 percent, um, and this is to curb inflation and to try to take some of the heat out the red hot house price uh, house housing market in new zealand mm-hmm. which is which stands in interesting contrast um to president uh, erdogan of turkey mm-hmm. who uh, continues to go against absolutely everyone else in the world um by uh, deciding to cut interest rates in order to curb inflation um, and that basically sent the uh, the, the currency, the, the lira, uh, to a new low, um, and a lot of a lot of investors are not liking that. But 
Uh, Erdogan remains defiant on that. Um, and so, you know, there may be all sorts of things come from that. You may mean may mean that um, some citizens, they decide to swap all their money to dollars to make sure that it doesn't they don't lose all their money um they might just they might there might be a run on the banks they might take all of their money out um but whatever happens um debt costs uh, are probably going to go up um whichever way you look at it but uh it is amazing when you consider that really that he stands alone and he continues to 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 wage this war but um but yeah yeah must admit uh must honestly admit, I don't really understand why he does that. No. I mean, he may be a dictator and therefore to some extent impervious to reason, but he's not a stupid man. Yeah. And uh, he, of course, has economic advisors who are competent. So. Yeah. So I'm 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 sort of sort of hesitating a bit to 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 offer something <laughs> here in in terms, but it it certainly looks as if this is some you it, and the rest it, of the world I, I think uh... well yeah this is certainly something which goes against the tried and tested e- economic yeah. theory yeah uh, yeah anyway hey, I, I don't know hey, wouldn't it be amazing if he was right and then I mean that that would be quite quite some turnaround that would that would throw the world into a tailspin wouldn't it um but um <laughs> but anyway um so yeah so the, the, you know that was another thing um we, we also heard again um uh, you know from the from the Bank of England because um the you know inflation continues to run riot uh, in, in the UK uh, and this time you've got uh, Andrew Bailey the, the governor of the Bank of England having a bit of a pout. Um, because he's saying, well, um, we're not going to give you any public policy guidance uh, anymore ahead of bank meetings if you keep keep saying nasty things about me. Um, (laughs) Well, he's not quite said that, but but basically he did say that about uh, not giving policy guidance. Um, I think that is total rubbish uh, because I feel that that, um, a part of that job is to successfully and skillfully communicate... Um, what is, you know, what is the general mood? Yeah. And he did a terrible job of that. And threatening to do this is not going to do anything. Plus, um, if he really does um, withdraw that guidance, um, it's going to be hello volatility because everyone's going to be trying to guess what it's going to be. Um, and then, and then when it, if it goes differently, we're going to see big swings. Um, so mm. I, I think he's just being a bit of a, <clears throat> uh, no, and, and, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I would, I would agree with you. It's part. I mean, it's, um, it appears to be deliberately depriving yourself of a, of an inf- important communication tool, mm. be- because you're absolutely right. I mean, it is part of the Bank of England uh, to manage expectations ahead of the meetings, mm. and in order to keep volatility down. But of course, we've seen last time that uh, when the bank did not increase interest rates, obviously the impact on the currency markets was swift and immediate. Mm. Um, so we might actually see this type of volatility to to increase and and and, and come again. Because mm. <laughs> well, if if the markets are not given any steer, then they will act on. Um, 
the probability of what would be economically in the interest of the country. Mm. And if then interest rates are not going to be increased, then we're going to see this type of short-term volatility. But mm. I'm, I'm, of course, more concerned about, as I, as I probably keep saying, I mean, I'm saying the same things mm. uh, repeatedly. I'm more, I'm more concerned about what part of the inflation spikes we're seeing at the moment mm. are going to emerge as sustainable mm. and which parts are going to emerge as as um, a consequence of short-term fluctuations generated mm. in the end by the health crisis. Mm, mm. And this is sort of what I meant a little bit earlier when I talked about the um, the new virus. For the longer it takes for us to have a manageable situation, the longer, mm. of course, it will take to get to a, uh, to, to a situation where we can make reasonable projections about mm. the um, the key metrics in the economy. Mm. And, and that itself is going to lead to volatility. Volatility is not the same, of course, as, as inflation, but but it's 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 not uh, it's not a good thing. Mm. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm going back to this rather theoretical point. It seems to me as if technological process, sorry, progress in the innovation of um, virology, which might actually get us a vaccine that targets blanket-wise all the viruses within the coronavirus family, is going to be something which we need before the situation is going to break out of this mm. this um, this well what's the word binary boom and 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 crash which is driven mm. by a new wave of virus uh, contagion mm. uh, followed by relief that we have a virus uh, sorry that we have a vaccine that works temporarily. yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see i mean it's it's you know i know we keep talking about it i know we keep covering the same ground but it's just that it is such a major issue at the moment. And actually talking about that in the US, uh, Jay Powell, who is the uh, the chair of, of the Fed, uh, i.e. the you know, America's central bank, um, he's going to get another another four years in the job. Um, so, you know, I guess more of the same. Um, and that, yeah, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Um, I thought there was uh, yeah, there were loads of very interesting bits and pieces out this week. One of them um, I was uh, particularly intrigued with was the um, fast grocery deliverer um, <laughs> Get Here, which I think is quite funny because it does sound like Get Here, um, and uh, it's it's uh, uh, it bought uh, rival Wheezy. Now it looks like this is a, a quite a fragmented sector um, in the UK. You, you've got other other. Uh, players like Gorillas, uh, DJ, Zap, Zif, uh, and Jiffy as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I have said it before, but um, I think with something like delivery, scale is key. Um, and I think that there's, you know, this, this, there's no question that um, you need you need to be able to get together with others, um, and that is what you know. That's what's going on at the moment. Um, very recently, I think last week. Uh, there's an American company, GoPuff, um, which itself does, um, you know, fast grocery delivery uh, in the States. Um, and it said it was looking at opportunities in the UK, specifically with a view to being a consolidator mm -hmm. um, of the industry. And, you know, I mean, I, I still I still feel that it's just 
you know, it's it's very niche. It's very, I just don't see it happening across the whole country. I think that it's more of a, it's more of a city thing. Um, so I just, you know, it's kind of. I always almost wonder whether this kind of um, uh, service does well in places where there are still electric scooters, for instance, um, <laughs> because. I don't know. I mean, you, you you wouldn't have this in the middle of the Cotswolds or something like that. I wouldn't have thought. So yeah, Pro- probably not. I mean, I I don't actually know what the statistics are yeah. for the um, for the demographic the demographic composition of the customer base of mm. the of, of of these businesses. But I mean, I I wonder is it not more? I mean, okay. Uh, this is also complicated, of course, because logistics mm. is a key thing here. Yeah. Logistics is more difficult in non-urban environments, perhaps you might yeah. say, than it is in urban environments. But, but of course, the demographic of the customer base is important as well. Mm. If you think of the old adage, um, time poor, asset rich, this sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know, this is not exactly what applies here. But there are lots of people who are time poor when in the office all day long um, <laughs> may not mean that they are getting a good salary for that but it does Mm. mean that they need to be there and Mm. then obviously the time during the day uh, during which you can manage your day-to-day life shrinks Mm. and 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 so that i i would have thought is a potent driver of precisely this type of business Mm. as it is a potent driver of 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 sort of any kind of uh, online internet type or linked businesses Mm. now um so, so if you think about this, I find it very interesting that there is one entrant into the market, as you say, go puff, mm-hmm. uh, which has said that it is its explicit strategy goal to act as a consolidator, mm. because it is not just consolidation and therefore the reduction of fixed cost, etc. It is also specifically, I think, technological expertise mm. which is the um, a key determinant of success in that market mm. because first of all it's warehousing mm-hmm. uh, and the speed and efficiency with which you are able to pick the products for the customer yeah and pack them hygienely and then mm-hmm. second of course is logistics mm. and if you look at Ocado, for example which is the business we have been sort of a customer of for for a very long time mm-hmm. um, they i mean th- they had some glitches i mean they mm-hmm. were not able to deal with the surge of demand which came with the first um, wave of coronavirus in this mm. country I, I remember that we were trying to 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 do an ocado as we say in our family here mm. <laughs> mm. and um, so my my wife was on uh, was 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 trying to do it and she said honey this is going to not be very good i'm number 10000 in the queue <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought, all that, right, that's off. nothing. That's not encouraging, is it? No, I thought well, off I go to the supermarket. Then it <laughs> <Yeah. is. laughs> I'm sorry, I just got that picture in my mind and I say, ah, oh, uh, not long to go now. Only ten thousand in front. Of yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, and yeah. and that was that was. Um, 
that was some something presumably which these businesses are not prepared for. Mm. But uh, there were other things which beset Ocado, which were um, f- fire in, in their warehouses. Now, fire is a specific issue, but say fire and replace any issue in your warehouse, which can happen, mm. Mm. inefficiency. And so, so I'm guessing that uh, as you are consolidating the industry, you also have to look for... Um, um, the, the best technological enablement of, of mm, a business, especially mm. in that particular sector. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I think loads, there's lots of, I suppose the thing is, this is a very new industry uh, mm-hmm. and it grew up, it got a, a very big um, kick in the pants um, from, from this coronavirus, I think. You know, suddenly everyone was getting used to the idea of having stuff delivered, etc um so yeah so you know i think that's what happens you have something it works um uh, it grows really quickly everyone else copies it they have their own version and then the next stage is consolidation then they get more become more of a grown-up kind of company um and then it all gets starts to get even more interesting but even so i think that there's that you know there'll be lots of uh M&A bankers and advisors out there who mm. will be rubbing their hands with glee at the prospects of even more uh, consolidation within this sector, potentially. Yeah, I'm just a final comment on, on, on the general sector. I, I have no doubt this is where the journey is going to go. More online sales. I mean, again, this is not an insightful comment, knowing that Amazon exists. Mm. But what, what I mean by this is that I think gone are the days forever where we would go physically to the supermarket and pick up the sort of daily needs like, you know, bar of soap, toothpaste mm. and this kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, we would just do that online, as, mm. as I think increasingly we all do. Mm. Um, and and shopping, physical shopping is going to be more like a like an experience or at least mm. that's what that's, I think, where the where the where the um, separation of the businesses in the retail sector in general is going to mm, end up. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of um, of retail uh, increasing or, you know, improving experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, okay. So on to the next thing is really um, supply chains. I mean, I guess we've, we've touched a bit on that um, in terms of sort of where a bit on warehousing and things like that. But um, uh, I thought it was interesting about um, Mulberry um, and they said that they wanted to expand, uh, increase production in the UK. Um, at the moment, it's about 60%. Um, I think it's, it's a good, you know, it is a good idea mm-hmm. um, for them to do that. Uh, I guess that it's some. It's a, probably as a result of a mix of Brexit and um, supply chain problems. Um, but either way, the the effect the effect is the same. Obviously, if you're relying on on uh, on imports, then you're going to expect delays and things. But I just wonder. I mean, Mulberry is just one company. Yeah. But I just wonder whether you know we are going to see more of this kind of this kind of thing that you know the reshoring of of production um and i guess actually the ultimate winners of that are not really going to be people um no necessarily it's going to be automation um mm-hmm. because i think okay. that because i think that if you 
you know, if you're bringing production over here, they'll uh, try to automate as much as possible using the excuse of remember what happened under lockdown, people working in close proximity, etc. You don't want loads of people doing that. So we're just thinking of you and replacing everyone with robots. Uh, is I think what well, they're going to mm. probably try and say, they're can probably going to try and spin it like that, but um, but yeah, <coughs> but yeah, what, what do you reckon? Well, on, on, as an aside, which has got nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about next, I have long Fantastic. expected that you are a robot. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, yeah. no, no, I'm okay. real, I'm real. Yeah, all right, cool. I have real um, feelings, I have real feelings, Ralph. Do you? Oh, sorry yeah. to, sorry yeah. to hurt them. <laughs> no, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, again, complicated, um, complicated issues here. Now, if you start off with Brexit as one of the um, criteria, which, of course, still has to emerge as something that is analyzable do you know mm. what i mean by this i mean we've we've had we, we went into brexit by which i mean the actual exit from the eu mm. and into covid almost yeah. at the same time and yep. we've discussed this before so at the moment it's sort of um unclear exactly why we see some of the uh, supply chain um interruptions and general inflationary trends that we are seeing. Why are we seeing them? Is it COVID-related, is it COVID-driven, or is it driven by other factors? Mm. Um, and again, coming back to the new virus, the emergence of ever new variants will unfortunately delay the time by which we can sort of make an informed guess mm. of what is COVID and what is sustainable. But talking about Brexit, of, of course, it can't be it can be a good thing uh, if you look at it from one particular angle, and that is the angle that some come... The, 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 what I mean is, I'm stepping back from that just one second, the UK market will remain to be an attractive market for companies to be in, mm. uh, for example, say Marlborough. Mm. But of course, to the extent that every company in the international and increasingly globalized world relies on a functioning supply chain where a lot of the products that are being supplied are not manufactured in the same economy, mm. Mm. are going to have to deal with this in some way. And yeah. if short term, the way is to, let's say, overbuy and stock more mm. of the the stuff in inverted yeah. commas that you need in order to manufacture your end product, then that unfortunately is not going to be good for the consumer because the increased cost of warehousing is going to find its way in the price. Mm. And again, we are at inflation. Mm. So th th this is all coming together now, unfortunately. And, and perhaps it's because I'm more gloomy today because I had my, my booster jab. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I tend to see mm. more short-term uh, negative effects than necessarily long-term positive enabling effects. Mm. You see, if you talk about, okay, putting Mulberry and any UK presence into a wider context for a mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. If you look at the UK as a market and talk about Brexit and supply chain interruptions mm. as a topic, mm. then of course we also have to 
remember that the UK has very specific structural issues mm. generated by the territorial, well, oddity that mm. Northern Ireland mm. is, and this is not a metaphor what I'm going to say, is simultaneously in and mm. not in the mm. single market. Mm. Now, that is sort of an issue because we can't ship sausages, as we all know, in, in, into Northern <laughs> Ireland. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and that is going to lead to, well, that is a supply chain uh, interruption. And that is why I'm sort of thinking that there are a lot of inflationary trends. Only some of them, mm, or, or, or so, let's put it this way, some of them will probably be sustainable unless we get or until yeah. we get to grips with the coronavirus situation, mm. but also with some of the, let's call it optimistically teething problems yeah, yeah. of the Brexit situation. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yes, I mean, it is, is, is interesting, is it? And, and, and the two are entwined. I mean, I, I remember sort of thinking, I mean, I know this is a terrible thing to have thought, but I did think at the time, this is quite good for Boris Johnson that it's all happening at the same time because you know you you can't you could can, you can blame one thing on something else you know it's it's a very yeah. difficult you can very muddy the waters quite easily um with all this because as you rightly said it all happened at roughly the same time so you know you get people saying yes this is brexit and other people go no that's not brexit that's more coronavirus and you know all that kind of thing so it's quite yeah. interesting well the issue I mean, you're right and of course and of course brexiteers have form for blaming everything on the coronavirus crisis yes yeah. yeah yeah and and it is possible to do that of course mm. yeah what is not so easy doable is to blame the migrant crisis on mm. Brexit mm -hmm. because Brexit sort of I may I may misremember this, but it appeared I mean people were talking about taking back control or something. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. But the borders now, leaving aside the fact that we never lost control for the moment, mm. um, it is certainly not something which a person who was supportive of Brexit for, let's say, rational reasons, mm -hmm. is going to embrace uh, <laughs> with, um, with support. I mean, and, and, yeah. and, and we see this from, from the, even, even the party itself, but certainly from the polls of the voters who are the sort of tradition, well, not the tradition, but the sort of Brexit uh, type voters of the of the Tory party in the last election, mm. th they all vent a very severe disappointment with this particular fact. Mm. Now, rightly or wrongly, I, I think that's something which is going to be appearing, well, which is going to be negative mm. for the mm. Conservative Party, and they have to find a way to weather the storm. They somehow square the circle because clearly, clearly the adage which they themselves have. Have, I mean, they created a rot for their own back by using mm. the metaphor um, mm. taking back control mm. when at the mm. moment it appears as if the opposite is going is, is, mm. is happening. Mind you, I suppose um, the thing is, I, I, I've certainly felt over the last year or two um, that we're governed by sound bites. I think actually it was very much, you know, we've, I, seen, I think we saw it a lot under Blair um, as well, but... Um, you know, big tone. Mm -hmm. uh, but I reckon that, especially recently, I think people, 
they want um slogans they want sound bites they want sound bites that evoke emotion um and make yeah. people vote you know because i think if you bore people to death um they just don't bother turning up at the election but if you if you can motivate them by angering them or making them feel particularly strongly um then that's what you do and i guess that's what those things are like i mean you know yeah i th- I, I think um well, you, you see, I think the Conservative Party has been tapping into a almost like um, pool of anger and dissatisfaction mm. in order to push Brexit through. Mm-hmm. But much though I dislike um, and and and, and critic would would criticize severely this particular act or. Uh, policy of communication mm. I, I i don't i don't i don't think we we, we can assume i mean, know that you're not doing this but in general it is too easy to sort of dismiss most of the population all of a sudden as gullible mm. yes you know yes. i mean but but it certainly is the case of social media etc there are trends there which which are uh, well, we we would serve as propaganda, but people aren't so much gullible. I think people are more busy. You know, everybody yeah, has yeah. stuff to do, mm. and it, no, not many people have the time to yeah. to sit down and think about something. Oh, this looks like a bit of a weird headline. Mm. Sounds like misrepresentation. What might it yeah. be that is behind it? You don't have the time, and no. so I think. Um, yeah, I don't know where the answer is. I think over time we are going to get back to a, a political landscape where mm. the where the, the middle ground rather than the extreme voices is going to be heard. But that's mm. unlikely to happen at mm. a time where mm. we are unfortunately in the face of mm. uh, two extreme scenarios. And I'm going to say it again, boring everybody, coronavirus and no, absolutely. Well, um, we're going to have to bore people a little bit more because actually, I've, <laughs> I've got, I've got to go, I've got to go very soon. Uh, so, um, is is just to quickly sort of look at, look at um, obviously this new uh, talk about this new variant um, and the effects and basically um, the fact that the uh, airline industry and the travel industry generally is mm. going to be suffering from this. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I I feel that. Uh, that you know this this is a new this is a new strain um this going to take a few weeks before we know really what's going on under the hood um presumably this is going to affect um flights although i think that they have been cutting flight numbers anyway because i suppose that when they were planning um or you know airlines were planning um they may well have taken into account that you know, we're now in the middle of uh, the flu season, winter, etc. Um, so they would have taken this into account, but well, you would have hoped so. Um, but it's it's really how long is this going to last for, and this is going to spread. Um, yeah. And I and you know, I mean, I I, I think that uh, there will be winners in this. Uh, I mean, I you know, I said I think on the on the Friday podcast um, that uh, I know this it's Friday where we're doing this now, but. You know, the uh, I said on the Friday podcast that um, I I really feel that out of everything, um, you you know, Airbnb is still going to, for instance, is still going to do very well because, mm. as we saw last year, okay, you don't get the international visitors, 
but instead you've got lots of staycationers. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, so, but I don't know what, what, do you, what's any thoughts on that? Oh yeah, but absolutely. I think um, to be to be honest with you, um, in an attempt to assess what this new virus, sorry, <laughs> the new variant might do to the economy, we sort of only have to look at what the Delta variant did. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is going to be uh, good, in inverted commas, for online businesses, of course. Mm. Uh, b- b- basically, for, for any sort of business which helps um, an existence in isolation. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Apologies again, I'm gloomy today. Um, yeah. What, yeah. What, what I meant was, of course, I mean, Amazon's share price went up massively during the various... Um, outbreaks that we've seen, mm. the uh, aviation industry was uh, commensurately clobbered in every outbreak that we've seen. Yeah. And yes, Airbnb staycation is one thing, absolutely. As If you remember uh, this summer, basically all the sort of country resort hotels where you might wish to like take a three or four day break or so, they, they were first of all, they were all booked up. And second, they were charging unbelievable room rates all of a mm. sudden, mm. which is inflation again, by the way. Mm. Um, but um, talking also about Airbnb, yeah, to some extent, Airbnb is still probably going to be fueled also by that sort of international holiday travel, which is possible mm. because you're isolated in your in your flat or whatever you might be renting. Mm. So, so to some extent, I think uh, to the areas where you will still be allowed to travel, I, I would guess that people are going to be more comfortable booking. Uh, accommodation in a unit where they can be self-contained amongst family or friends mm-hmm. uh, than going to a hotel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing all of this is going to is going to happen. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean we're we, we definitely going to. I don't know. It's going to be tricky anyway, and I think this is going to be bad um for book you know longer term bookings i think it's going to affect short and long long haul flights i think probably maybe even more long haul flights because people get even more paranoid i mean the good thing yes. is is that you know there's flexible booking etc but uh, but even so it's not great yeah but 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 even so the 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 problem um apart from the obvious tragic mm. issues that you might be hospitalized or your loved ones mm. might tragically die which is terrible mm. uh, apart from that the more general problem is that the future has become less predictable mm. and 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 that is the reason for example i mean, just another anecdote in august i was sitting there with a friend and we were talking about skiing in Austria and I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be very interesting and hope, hopefully I can go, but I have mm, no idea mm. whether I will be able to go. Mm, and mm. she was very positive on this. And mm. now we've just seen the Austrian government uh, yeah, well. Well, ca- canvassing the idea that maybe, maybe we're going to lock up everybody in their homes. And so as the future becomes less predictable, the outcome which you have just pointed out a mood yeah. is exactly what we're going to see people yeah. are going to be less happy to plan for the medium term less mm. bookings uh 
more short-term bookings and sort mm. of lastminute.com type mm. bookings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, anyway, I really have to go. Are we going to have to leave it on that uh, uplifting bombshell? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. So, so uh, looks like Cornwall's going to do very well again then. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. On not the fishing industry. Okay, let's yeah, not go there. Brilliant. Uh, anyway, thanks very much. As always, Ralphie, brilliant to talk to you and uh, we'll be back again next week. So absolutely. many thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, Peter. Bye-bye.